Hello ladies and gents and welcome to the next Q&A in the Full and Focus series. My name is Danny Boyer and recently I was joined by the lovable Jim Stannard to talk about his time at Fulham. It became very apparent how much Fulham means to Jim and likewise we know how much he means to us. So let's get straight on with the first question. Did you always want to be a keeper? Uh, did I always want to be a keeper? Uh, the question is, well the answer is, um, when I was a kid I played in goal up to the age of 12. Um, and then I played out in field for a year. I didn't like it, and that's when I decided to go back in goal. So from the age of probably 13, that's when I decided that I think I wanted to play in goal. What didn't you like about it? What, too much running, or was it just you preferred preferred saving shots? As all, as all goalkeepers, the forwards, aren't they? So um, I just think in the idea, oh, I want to play up front and score goals. Um, but like you say, probably... <laughs> For me, it was probably too much hard work running about. <laughs> Fair enough. At least you're honest. Um, like, was there any keepers like growing up that you had as role models? Um, I think that you know you, you usually watch the TV, and I think the biggest one for me was probably Pat Jennings at the time. Yeah, uh, I met him as a kid as well. So I think when you meet people and then you see him on the TV and. Um, obviously as big as Pat Jennings was you, then you start watching him I think to be honest with you probably Pat Jennings was my idol when I was a kid yeah well it's a good choice well that's how old I am it's a good choice <laughs> <laughs> that, was, that was me blagging it I don't know a lot about him to be honest with you so. <laughs> <laughs> sorry Jim uh, right so next question uh, so, so obviously in your first spell at the club you was quite young uh, you didn't get a lot of chances because we had Jerry Payton. Uh, did Did you learn a lot from him? And what was your relationship like with him as the number one? Um, I, I got in the team. Um, I was seventeen, eighteen when I got in the team. The opportunity by Malcolm McDonald, um, and I think you know I learned a lot from Jerry because Jerry was an international at the time. So um, I only played about forty, forty odd games in my first spell. Um, but as I say, I did I did learn a lot from Jay, and he was good to me because um, he would give me a lot of advice as well. Yeah. Well, did you remember any advice he gave you? In those days, we didn't have goalkeeping coaches, so you know it, it was a question that you you, you learn by yourself, really, or you took advice from some people. And you know, I used to train with Jerry, um, and he used to say to me. You know, my, 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 how I used to stand was different from Jerry's, and my hands were different. Um, and to be honest with you, at times Jerry used to say to me, you're actually learning me some stuff, because, you know, you're a young kid and you have your own techniques. And like I said, in those days, there was no goalkeeping coaches to tell you how you should stand and what shape you should be. And you just learn by yourself. And, and I have to say, I learned a lot from Jerry, because Jerry was a very good pro, very hard worker. And I think sometimes it just rubs on, on, on to yourself, really. So do you, do you think in them days, because there wasn't any goalkeeping coaches, do you think the, the goalkeeper's union was stronger? Um, I'm just going to put you on that speaker, one sec. All right, yeah, no worries. Yeah, yeah. Um, I would say, to be honest with you, you know, it's, it's very difficult because there was no goalkeeping coaches as such. Um, I mean, I remember my first goalkeeping coach that came in was Ron Springett. You know, um, so when you think about it, there wasn't a, many people won't remember Ron Springer. No, no, I don't know him. No, he played for England, Ron Springer, as well. Uh, but 
learned a lot more from Jerry. And as time goes on, because I was in the team at such a young age, you tend to um, you tend to learn a lot more yourself. Yeah. You know, so I, I think I learned a lot of technique. Or, I mean, I, you know, as you're a kid, you work hard. Jerry, he rubbed off on me because Jerry was a hard worker. So, and, and Jerry became uh, a good friend of mine. And when we went away, um, away on things like that, Jerry would be my room partner sometimes to all defenders, you know. So, um, but I learned a lot from Jerry. And I, and I think to have somebody like that as a youngster... I think it helps you when he's a, especially when he was an international when he was a, he was a top goalkeeper himself. Definitely. Um, so, so what was your relationship like with Malcolm McDonald then? Malcolm, um, I'd always be thankful uh, thankful to Malcolm because Malcolm gave me the opportunity of starting my career. Um, you know, when I got in the team, um, I think at that particular time, uh, Jerry wasn't having the greatest of times at the time. And we've just sold Perry Digweed to Brighton. Um, and, and I was given the opportunity. And Malcolm just came up to me one day and said, look, we've got a game in the reserves, or the first thing we're playing in the friendly at Brighton. I played that game. We won 2-0. Did OK. And he just said to me, as I was getting on the coach, um, you're playing Saturday. So, and, and that was it, really. And I played on a Saturday. And I played every game from... from from that January to the end of the season, I played every game. And and how how did Jerry react to that? Um, listen, it, it, it was probably very very hard for him because when you're an international, um, and like I say, Jerry was probably only about 23, 24 at the time, um, and it's very difficult, isn't it? If you're an international you're at that level, and you're being dropped for a kid, basically. Yeah, and then you and you've got a young young lad on the scene who's come in and. And at that particular time, did very, very well. Uh, it must be hard, but, you know, I think Jerry's attitude was, well, he's, he's probably been in that position before when he was at Burnley, uh, when he was a kid. Um, and, and he helped me. So, uh, you know, I can never say he never helped me. He did help me. And it's just the way goalkeepers are. They're, they're a goalkeeper union. Um, and, you know, sometimes when you're the only goalkeeper, well, there's two goalkeepers, you can only play one at the same time. Yeah, yeah, of course, yeah. There was, never one, there was never a goalkeeper on the bench in those days. Oh, wasn't there? No, no, so there was only one sub. So, you know, you, if, you, if you were playing, you were playing in the reserves on a Saturday. Well, that's a bit naff, isn't it? Yeah, so it's very difficult. And like I say, you know, I ended up playing uh, the last 17, 18 games of that season when I got in. Um, and, and I have to thank Malcolm McDonald for giving me the, the opportunity and I think that's where my career started and it, do you think that's why you had to leave for them the first time was it was it for fo- first team football no I, I just think I just think to be honest with you I spent um, I played those 17 18 games and then the following season I only played two and we got promoted we went up um, and then I don't think the following season I, I really played it wasn't until the season after that I started playing again and then I was 21, um, and I went on loan to Southend um, with uh, Bobby Moore. Um, I played six games there. I came back, got back in the first team at uh, Fulham. Maybe played another 10, 12 games. I was back out of the team again. Um, and I think for me to improve and me to move on, I had to get away to play games. Um, and Southend gave me the opportunity and what an opportunity he became because Bobby Moore was a manager. 
Well, you've got to tell me what that was like. I mean, what was he like as a manager? And, and, and the guy's a legend, and, and as everybody knows, you know, what he achieved. And I had the opportunity to go and play for him. Um, and after speaking to him, I saw him because, obviously, the, who he was and what he's capable of doing. Um, and I went to Southend and played two years and didn't miss a game in two years. And I think I learned that experience, that experience of playing week in, week out for two years. And then obviously, you know, uh, Ray Lewin and was the manager of Fulham, and he ended up bringing me back and, and buying me. And the rest is history. What, what was what was Bobby Moore like? Uh, Bob was um, he was a gentleman, absolutely gentleman. Um, you know, in, in my eyes, he was probably too nice of a guy to be a manager because, as a manager, you have to be a bit ruthless. Um, and I don't think Bob was ever like that. He was even if he had the ump, he came across really nice. Um, but I, I, I would never have a bad word said about him because he was such a nice guy. He gave me the opportunity. He was only manager for a year. Um, and then obviously David Webb take over and then it was different from then on. But like I say, as Bob, he was, he was, he was magnificent. He was a really nice gentleman, nice guy. I, I, I didn't know that. I mean, I should have done my research. I mean, yeah, what a claim to fame. Being managed by Bobby Moore. No, listen, listen. You know, you know when you get the opportunity and and you move on. Sometimes you have doubts because you come from a big club like Fulham. You know, and you're meeting Bobby Moore as a manager of a football club, and you look at him and you think, wow, you know, what an opportunity. And you know, he sells you the club because the way he talks. Um, and, and like I said, I spent two years at Southend. Uh, one promotion, I won player of the year, like player goalkeeper of the year for that division, got promoted and I ended up back at Fulham. So, you know, I, I had a great experience there and that's where I think, you know, my career started was at Fulham. I played those 40 odd games in the first four years. Then I moved to um, um, South End and had that 120 games or so, how many I played. Um, and then I, that gave me the experience to obviously move on and I got the opportunity to go back to Fulham. What what was the club like when you came back? Because obviously the club you left wasn't the same sort of club. You, the turmoil was shocking, wasn't it? Um, or was it was it a little bit later? I, I didn't really see it like that. You know, I I, I was at a, a fantastic club in Fulham. Um, I had, in my eyes, I had four or five years there playing, um, and then obviously when I went and came back, um, I, I didn't see the club. What it was like, I just wanted to go and play football. Um, and and I spent four or five years there previously, and I just wanted to go back to Fulham because I loved it. I thought the club was magnificent. Um, and it was in my eyes. I knew everybody at the football club. Um, and, and, and that's how it ended up. I, I didn't see... We, OK, we was always in the lower divisions. Um, but I was playing for a great club. I was playing for Fulham Football Club, and it's sort of, and that's how I looked at it. And Fulham Football Club in those days was a big club. It was. Yeah, but like in in the late 80s, the early 90s, it was quite a stressful time for the fans, but they seemed to have a really good relationship with you. I mean, you seemed to shine through the... What... what don't, don't, don't take offence to it, because there's nothing against you or your teammates, but it, it's classed as like the dark sort of era in Fulham's history, more so for, for Ernie Clay than anything. But... You seem to have shined through for the fans. You know, what was your relationship? How did you feel about the fans? Listen, you know, it, 
you say it's bad, but listen, as a player, I'm a youngster, I'm a player, and we're going back a few years back now. And I didn't see it as old days in my eyes. I was playing football for a football club. It's, you know, it's what, it's what you want to do as a kid all your life. And I knew we were only playing and all that. Listen, as a player, you don't know what goes on behind the scenes. You don't see all the heartache and, and everything else. I'm just playing football, and that's what I wanted to do. And, uh, you know, and I had this relationship with the supporters uh, second time around, um, and it was fantastic. And, you know, I meet many supporters even now, like and the great things or nice things that say about me, it's very pleasing. And, listen, we, we had a relationship, and songs used to be said about me and things like that, but that's the relationship you have with supporters. And if they're saying that about you... They, they quite like you. They they they, they know what you are. I'm, I'm a I'm a sort of black and white through and through. And I, I'm a Fulham fan. I'm a Fulham supporter. I'm a Fulham player. And the relationship I have with the support is, is brilliant. And I've loved every minute of it. No, that's really nice to hear. I mean, uh, what did you think of the song, the Million Pound song? The the, the, the band. Listen, uh, you know, if, if supporters are making songs about you, normally it's about they must, how much they like you, doesn't it? And we had this, yeah. you know, he's got a million pound, he bounces on the ground and all that. Yeah. <laughs> Other songs, listen, at the end of the day, I've got, and I don't take it the wrong way, I take that as the support was like you, it's been a long, long time now. My only regret is, and it's, it's, it's not a really regret, but I wish I'd finished my career for them because that was, that's my club. You know, um, obviously I moved on. Um, but Fulham's always, in my eyes, Fulham's always my club, if you know what I mean. Yeah, I, th- I think um, the fans see you that way as well. And it's definitely what you said. I mean, they weren't singing songs about you because they didn't like you. I was 100%. You was a cult hero. You still are. So, yeah, no, often, often I see fans talking about you, listening, like, um, when we're talking about, like, favourite goalkeeper, your name always pops up. Always. Listen, it's always it's always uh, to have uh, recognition from from the club, from the supporters. And if you're getting recognition from the supporters, you must have done you must have done something right. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. Well, I mean, you play, you made more appearances as a keeper than anyone else in Fulham's history. I mean, you must have been aware of that. Absolutely. And that's why I'm going back to Fulham on Saturday. You know, um, obviously, I'm going back to the game on Saturday against Birmingham. To um, so obviously whatever happens on Saturday, but it's sort of, you know, listen, it's, you know, once you've been a part of a football club for the, as long as I have been, it, it never goes away. You, you always have that relationship. You always, you know, you never forget about it. How proud are you to have that um, that accolade of, of being, the, making the most appearances yeah. in goal? Making the most appearances for a goalkeeper at Fulham Football Club is unbelievable because, in my eyes, how many people go and play for 
what could have been if you had stayed them them couple of years and then and then like you said finished your career for them you you only ended up a couple of hundred off of Johnny Ains didn't you yeah but I mean if I hadn't moved on when you did you probably wouldn't have got as many games in the end I should never have moved on in, you know what happened you know unfortunately um, particular people at the football club at that particular time things happen um, I didn't want to move on never wanted to move on Fulham was my football club and I moved on I had plenty of offers but I still wanted to stay at Fulham um, and, I, and I do believe I may have played like I did anyway another four or five years on top made another couple of hundred appearances uh, put you in up the top of the league for everyone playing you know it, but listen, it was still a great honour to play the amount of games I played and still played more games than any other goalkeeper in Fulham's history. What an achievement that is. Oh, yeah, no, amazing achievement, it really is. Listen, I'm, I'm one of these people, I'm humble because to play professional football and make a career of it and then become, you know... A, you know, a legend or whatever you want to call it, a Fulham football club, I made the most appearances. Listen, that's an honour. You know, it's a privilege to go and play, especially for a club like that. You know, um, what, what else can I ask for? And of course, it, it weren't just appearances that you've got on your your record. It, you've also got a lovely little goal. <laughs> or, or do you? I've got the goal against Crew, which was the winning goal. Are you sure it wasn't an assist? Listen, don't worry about that. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. Something Andy Sayer said, that's all. <laughs> no, I'm joking. Uh, after the game, he said it literally was about, you know, a yard over the line, I put it in. Listen, there's no way he was catching that. He wasn't quick enough. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> am, I, am I allowed to do a Q&A with Andy Sayer or should I, should I um, ban him? <laughs> it's one of those situations listen it's, you know you, you pick the Rothman's book up he says Stanard one goal end of that now for so many years listen it's on Wikipedia that's official for me absolutely 100% yeah uh, what what about teammates who, who were your closest mates at the club um closest mates um very difficult one really because obviously being there for so long I used to travel in with players but I was one of these people that really, you know, I didn't go out as go out. You had teammates. Um, but I had so many teammates. I, I still speak to teammates now. So, um, you know, I still speak to uh, Paul Parker, um, uh, Kevin Locke, Tony Gow, uh, Dean Coney, Glenn Thomas. There's so many that I still talk to on a regular basis. So, but at that particular time, I used to go in with uh, Dean Coney, Paul Parker in the early days, and it was Glenn Thomas and, and so on. Um, but there wasn't, you know, wasn't that many you had teammates as friends and you'd go out, you know, you were married and had kids, you know, so you didn't really go that often, really. Okay, fair enough. What about roommates? My roommates was, um, when I first started off, was Tony Gal. Uh, he had to piss out of me quite a bit. Um, and then, um, I'm just trying to think of Daly. Um, I'm just trying to think. Daly was early years. Um, uh, oh, no, no. I can't really think. It was my room part of the other clubs I can. I was just going back to who it was. I can't really think. <laughs> but, uh, must, have been, must have been memorable then. No, I, 
played for a long time as well, one of my room partners. Um, but like I say, it's, um, yeah, it's, you never forget those memories, do you? Oh no, no, I bet you don't. I mean, what about what about um, any funny stories, any pranks or anything? But is there a good one that sticks that sticks out? Why would I be telling you? Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. Have you got um, have you got one that's suitable for families to listen? <laughs> <laughs> listen, not my plane, not mine. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> I, you can tell me off air. One when we travelled home from training one day, or we, yeah, was coming back from training one day, and I had um, Dean Coney, Paul Parker, Steve Tapney, had a few few lads in the car, and uh, they were taking the piss out of me, so I pulled over at Tower Hill Bridge, packed them all out of the car, said, right, go on, get a train home, and I drove home. I've done things like that before. Um, you, know, but, you know, as players, you, you always have bounces, don't you know? You know? Yeah. Um, but obviously, you know, um, I think the band is even worse these days now anyway. Just don't take the piss out of Jim. <laughs> yeah, no, you don't. Or, you, or you'll be walking home. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what about best player? Because you must have played with quite a few. Uh, listen, I've played with some top players, haven't I? In my opinion, um, Gordon Davis, Paul Parker, Tony Gow, Kevin Locke. Um, you know, some top players, some top players. Could you pick out one in particular, like the most talented? One in particular, um, one in particular. You know, they all had different qualities, didn't they? I mean, if I actually want to pick out real, real quality for, for me personally, it was probably Gordon Davis because he just had a knack of scoring goals. Um, and then I, I can point out Tony Gale because I thought he was a class and I always called him as a set second centre-half, um, where he would, you know, when I played with him and Roger Brown, Brownie would go and win the headers. He was one of those second centre-halves that if he got the ball, he could play because he was a good quality player. Yeah, yeah. Um, Paul Parker. Paul Parker was a top, top player, you know. Um, and you have people like Robert Wilson, you know, players like that, you, you know, you forget about them. But Kevin Locke, I thought he was a great fullback. I think at the particular time I played, I think there were some very, very good players. Well, it was the Malcolm McDonald team, wasn't it? So it was a very good team. Yeah, but I mean, because I went through quite a few managers, you know, and like you said earlier on, I think you went through a stage where I don't think the club had much money. So the players with what came in wasn't wasn't as good as the players that you played with previously. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's fair enough. Um, yeah, I, I see that. Yeah, I mean, listen, you know, when Malcolm was manager, it was, it was one of those where we had some very, very top players. We did. But as the next probably, I say, 10 years went on, the players wasn't quality, quality. But at that particular time, it was other players that the, the club could afford. And we brought a lot of youngsters through as well, if you remember. We had a lot of young team, young players. Um, but like I say, it was, you know, I've had the privilege of playing for a top, in, in my eyes, was a top top London club so I'm honoured to do that and what what was your favourite match playing for that top London club oh listen I did, you know someone asked me the question the other day about all your good games and your bad games I don't think you can actually point one particular game there because every game's got different memories because you might make up four or five great saves or you might take some good crosses under pressure it might be all different types of games but listen I, I'll 
in my eyes, every time I played for Fulham, it was an honour. So, I know you're talking about certain games. You know, do you remember games? I remember games against Liverpool, Newcastle, uh, whatever. And then I can remember the games against um, things like Chesterfield. I remember playing Chesterfield one when we drew nil-nil uh, away. Um, and I can remember that game as a kid. And in that game, I thought I was brilliant. You know, so you can never... You know, all games are different, aren't they? In different ways. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they are. No, I agree. Um, is it true about fry-ups before the training? <laughs> fry-ups? Well, what, what, what was your rule, though, if that's true? Because I love a fry-up. No, listen, uh, what, before a game or training? Well, <laughs> whatever. I mean, uh, that, I've been told to ask that question. So apparently, it's a rumour. I don't, I don't remember having fry-ups before a game or... or training really it wasn't like that I don't think that's sort of um, obviously that's fry-ups but I don't remember having before a game or things like that because you try and eat as healthy as you can I know it's a little bit different from these days um, but no, I, don't, I don't remember having fry-ups before, before a game you, you was on the porridge I'll, I'll write that down don't worry <laughs> 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 All right, moving on. What about your favourite manager? Favourite manager, um, and I, th- you know, I, for me personally, I, I think when I look at fa- uh, favourite managers, I think I've got different reasons for picking different people. Really, um, the two that stand in my mind is obviously Malcolm McDonald because of the guy gave me the opportunity to go and perform and give him my debut and, and believe in me. And then I, you know, I have a lot, a lot of respect for Ray Lewin and because I played with Ray as a player. Um, he brought me from South End to Fulham. Um, and, and I played for Ray and I spent a long time with Ray and, and for me, he was a very good manager and was a very good coach. Saying that because he's gone on to be England's number two and now he's in the Premier League with Crystal Palace at this moment in time. But, me personally, it was Malcolm McDonald because he gave me the opportunity. But as I spent quite a few years with uh, Ray, it was obviously Ray doing to me in my eyes. Yeah, I had a feeling you was going to say that. Okay, right. Uh, so, so you also played for Southend and Gillingham. Uh, I'm not going to really count the others because you didn't. There was only a, like a handful of games for them. Um, hand on heart. So, so hand on heart. Fulham is your favourite. Or you, you, the one you got the most affection for? It's not even, it's not even hand on heart. I spent two years at South End, and it's, it's like it's one of those things. I spent a, a few years at Gillingham, uh, and I've achieved things there that I've achieved, and got promotion, and broke the British record for clean sheets, and, and things like that. But uh, listen, don't ever take anything away. Fulham Football Club is, in my eyes, is the club that I, I belong to because. I spent 14, 15 years there as a player. Um, even to this day now, I feel a massive part of the football club. Um, and, I, and I meet supporters from the club even now, uh, out in the street and walking about. Um, and I still have conversations with those type of people as well. So there's no question what is my favourite club. You know, Fulham Football Club is my club. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm, I'm really pleased to hear that, mate. I really am. Um, like I heard from Stephen that you you're being um, I don't know you've been invited to join a certain special group or something. Yeah, 
at the club? Yeah, on Saturday, um, I'm going to the club for um, um, obviously meet the supporters at half time. Um, I'm not sure. I think there may be a presentation at half time. Um, so I'm going back with Johnny Marshall and Peter Scott on Saturday. Oh, nice. So, um, so obviously that's that's an honour. Um, obviously, I'm already at a football club and we got a game Saturday. But my manager, where I'm at the moment, said, "Look, listen. At the end of the day, you 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 spend a long time at that football club. Um, he's given me the Saturday off to go to the game because he believes in what I've achieved. You should go back and say thank you and, and be a part of it." Yeah, no, definitely. Yeah, and you deserve it, mate. You really do. Yeah, no. So you know, I. You know, the manager of the football club that I'm working for at the moment, Dagmar Redbridge, the manager said to me, go, you know, don't worry about how games you've had it. It's something that you've achieved. Fantastic achievement. Go and enjoy your day, and, and, uh, and that's what I'm going to go and do. Uh, how is it getting... You, how are you doing at um, Dagenham? All right? Yeah, we're, we're doing okay. We're doing okay. We're, um, we're cutting the points off the top. Um... Unfortunately, I'm missing the game Saturday, which is Barrow away, which is a nice little long journey I'm missing, which is Andy. Uh, <laughs> done okay. We've done okay. We, you know, we should be all there or roundabouts at the end of the season. Um, so it's going fine. It's going fine. But I'm, listen, I've been at a few clubs. I've coached at some top clubs. Um, I've coached at Southampton, uh, League One, Championship and Premier League. I've been at Crystal Palace for three years when I was in the Championship. So... I've had a lot of experience coaching-wise. Um, and you've been a manager as well of Redbridge. I was manager of Redbridge for a, a season, yeah, I had that. Um, what do you prefer, coaching or managing? Um, to be honest with you, I, I like both of them, really, but listen, I've, you know, I've coached the highest level. I've coached in the Premier League. I've coached in the Championship. Um, and there's not many people can say that and, I, and I've had a career and I've, I've, not, I've not been outside of football since the age of 16 so yeah five so I've had you know not far short of 39 years I've been in the game so I, I've got a lot of experience um, and I've had the honour of being in the game so not many people can say that so for me I've had a terrific career, and 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 a bit like being being a goalkeeper as a player. You know, it's, it's not like if you're if you're a left back, but you've got both feet, you're not good enough to be the left back because someone's better than you. Well, they'll chuck you out on the left wing or right back. Your goalkeeper's very limited for for how many you're going to make it and how many you're going to get a, a job after the game. So for you to to be in the game for that long, like it's a credit to you. That's that's an achievement in itself, I think. Absolutely. Listen, you know, I know, you know, one of these guys. I never take anything for granted. You know, you have to work at something that you need to achieve. And like I say, you know, I spent all that time playing, um, and uh, and now I'm coaching. It's the next best thing to be playing. And like I said, I, you know, I, I've coached some top goalkeepers. I've been around. I've got lots and lots of experience. And you, I'm always trying to get to. Back to that top level where I've coached, and you know, at the moment I'm with Dagenham, um, learning my trade deck. You never stop learning. You know, whether you're an outfield player, you're a coach, you're a manager, you never stop learning. And and, and I'm in the same pro- process at the moment. I, I'll never stop learning. I keep learning my trade. Uh, and hopefully, one day you'll get back to the level that you you expect to be. So, um, yeah, I've been very fortunate to be coaching uh, since I retired. 
so I've been very lucky. Well, why, why did you leave for them? Was it just a, a clash with Bramford? Was it just a personality clash? Yeah, unfortunately. Unfortunately. Um, it was my testimonial year, um, and I should have had my testimonial at the end of the season. Um, my contract was up, um, so the club decided that they didn't have time to do the testimonial um, at the end of the season. So they said to me, I can have it pre-season, which I agree, I can't, it's no problem. Um, and when we come to do my contract uh, with Ian Bradford, unfortunately, um, don't want to go too far on it, but the contract wasn't the contract that I should be given. Um, I was offered less money than I was already on, uh, which allows you to be a free transfer. Um, and, and I think the club, and I'm in the club, but the manager obviously thought, well, you know, we're getting for less money, he's got his testimonial, we make his money back up. But that's not right. In my eyes, you know, if you work hard, you deserve the money. And, and in those days, we didn't earn great money. It wasn't worth what they earn now. So, um, I become a free transfer and I had loads and loads of offers but deep down I didn't want to leave the football club. Didn't want to leave the football club. Um, and I felt that at but, the time hmm. I was a bit handed out that the manager wasn't backing me. So you, so you kind of felt like you had no choice but to leave? I, I didn't have a choice. I didn't have a choice. And then, you know, when I've agreed to sign for somebody else, then the club came back to me and said, oh, look, no, we, we do want you. We, you know, we'll, we'll sort it out. But, Listen, you, you know, if you want somebody who's been at the club for as long as I did and loved the club as much as I did, you know, just be honest. And you know, I wasn't greedy or anything like that. It's just the wage wasn't great money in those days. Um, and I've still not had my testimonial now, and I'm, I'm I'm still trying to get my testimonial now, even as we speak. Well, yeah, great minds think alike. Because I was just thinking that wouldn't it be great if the club did it as like a charity event or something? Absolutely. Listen, you know, I've I've spent 14 years at the football club, um, you know, and I'm hoping if I can get the testimony up and running again. I spoke to spoke to the EFA and they said, look, there's no problem from our point of view. I spoke to the club two or three years ago and they said, look, Jim, there's no problem having it. We just can't do it yet. But we're not saying that you can't have it in the future. Um, And and to be honest with you, you know, me personally thinking, I would love to have a game. Yeah, no, definitely. And I, I think the fans would be right up for that. I might start a campaign for you. No, absolutely. 100%. I agree with you. 100%. You know, and it's, you know listen, if I, if I didn't have my feelings about the football club, because I love the football club. Yeah. Yes, when I played, there was only three or four thousand. It's changed now. But I always believe if you're a supporter, you'll know the history of the football club. You'll find the history of the football club. You'll know the ex- What 100% agree with you about um, fans of all ages learning the history of the club. You know, when you're in school, you learn history of your country. So for me, it don't matter what what date you were born. You 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 should you should know certain things about Fulham. You know, it's, it's part of who you are. You should know who Jim Stannard is and what he achieved. So I I, I hope your legacy lives on forever, mate. I really do. I'm very passionate about that. Keep, uh, listen, I still keep. You know, because me, I still look at. 
I, I, I still look at a lot of things from Fulham, and I still look at that, and I do, and I look at Fulham players who have played in the 1950s and 60s. Yeah, same, yeah, yeah. You've got to. I do, and I think if you're a part of a football club, whether you're a supporter or you're a player, you know, you want to know the history of Fulham. I, I like to know the history of Fulham because I played for Fulham. What about all those players who played before me? Yeah, yeah, that's a, it's a great attitude. It's a great attitude, it really is. Yeah, that club will never perform without those players. Don't get me wrong, it never suffers without supporters, but, you know, you have a relationship where the players and supporters are, are one, aren't they, really? Well, well, Fulham's one big book, and, and everyone that's been a part of it has written their own chapter, so I think you should read the whole book. You know, listen, I'm, I'm one little part of Fulham Football Club's history. No, you're not. You're a big part of it. Yeah, you're a part of it, and it's, it's an honour to be a part of it, isn't it? Yeah, no, definitely. No, I was just going to say, you know, if you play for a football club that I played for, you know, it's an honour to play for them and the history of them. You know, like I said, I, I, I've never, I've never regretted one minute, one second of playing for for Fulham because that's me. I, you know, and I still look at Fulham's results, the way they're playing. You know, the players they've got or the players who used to play for them. I, I'm, you know, that's in my blood. Fulham's in my blood, so I will never be any different. No, good mate. No, I'm pleased. I really am pleased to hear that. I've got, I got two more questions for you, and then we're done. Okay. And then, then you can go back to, to, to run into the, the ground or wherever you've got to go. Oh, I've done it. I've, I've just done that. Oh, blimey. Uh, amazing. You're, you're an absolute legend. <laughs> the, the only bloke I know that can do two things at once. Absolutely. Right. Um, so, so we've got to go back to that goal. I don't think we focused on that goal enough. How did it feel, and how did you celebrate? The situation was is that um, Glenn Thomas had just been sent off. We were 2-2. Um, if I remember rightly, um, they had a corner. I caught the corner and there was about, I don't know, it could have been long left, four, five, six minutes left. And I remember everyone pushing up and I remember Ray shouting out, hit the corner flag. So let's go, hit the corner flag, hit the corners. And I remember it going straight down the middle. And I remember that as it was going down the middle, well, stay tuned. So I went, oh, and he just kept going, he kept going. I've seen the goalkeeper come out. He's bounced over the top of him. I just sit bounced in. And then, obviously, just started celebrating. I thought, I can't believe it. 3-2 up with a few minutes to go, 10 men. And we won the game. So, you know, in my eyes, it was the winning goal, which makes it even better, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> with 10 men. Uh, and, yeah. Got a love for them, haven't you? <laughs> Uh, listen, listen. It's it's you know you you achieve things and you know how many goalkeepers. I'll ask this question because you all know it. How many goalkeepers have scored for them? I don't. I don't actually know it, but um, I'm guessing just the one and only Jim Stanhard. Absolutely. Ah, <laughs> uh, you are funny. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I think it's fitting to, to end on this question. Pie or pasty? Pie or pasty? I like both of them. <laughs> you You're the only player so far that said both. <laughs> I love it. Uh, come on, you got to pick. You can, or you, you, you can have one as a starter and one as a pudding, but um, you got what would you go for first? Pasty. Pasty? Yeah. 
Mate, really appreciate it. I really do. I'm glad you gave me a call because it saved writing it all out, didn't it, on a text or an email? Can you imagine writing all this out? I, don't, I might try and put it out as an audio because otherwise I've got to do it. Cheers for that. <laughs> no problem at all. <laughs> no, I really appreciate it. It's been an honour speaking to you. It really has. You too. Thanks very much for all your help. That's all right, mate. Good luck with your career and, and good luck on Saturday. I hope it goes well for you. Yes, thanks very much, and hopefully I'll speak to you soon. Yeah, 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 no worries. All right, and see you later. Okay, cheers. Cheers. Thanks, bye. Bye. Jim Stannard there talking about his time at Fulham. I'd like to thank Jim for taking the time to speak to me, and I wish him the best of luck with the rest of his career. Coming up just after Christmas will be Kit Simons Part 2, where he focuses on his career at Fulham after retirement, as a scout, a coach, and of course as manager. Please follow us on Twitter for updates when that one will be released. But until then, my name's Danny Boyer, and on behalf of the whole Focus team, I'd like to wish you all a very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. I hope you enjoyed it, and thank you very much for listening.